Well, hello, friends, and welcome to Liberation Lectionary. We've glad, we're glad that you've decided to join us today. My name is Jamie Edwards Acton. I am an Episcopal priest and general troublemaker out here in Los Angeles. And joining me, as always, is my good friend. Uh, fellow travieso, uh, Francisco Garcia, hanging out in Nashville, a PhD student and also an Episcopal priest. Fellow guitarista. Yeah, we got to get back to that, Jamie. We keep talking about it. Maybe we'll bring some more jams into this Liberation <laughs> Lectionary. That's right. We can open each session with a little kind of a break. You could break down your musical encyclopedia knowledge for everybody. Um, different <laughs> music. Well, friends, today we're going to take a look, as uh, we often do, for one of the readings for the upcoming Sunday. And this Sunday, uh, the second Sunday of Easter. And um, so we're going to look at the the gospel passage, which is always, I believe it's for all three years in the three-year cycle, uh, the gospel passage um, that looks at the so-called, quote-unquote, Doubting Thomas passage. So uh, this is John 20, 19 through 31, if you're going to follow along, but we'll also put it on the screen. And then, Francisco, if you want to read that, and then we'll do what we do. We uh, What we like to do is... Um, you know, we just like to riff. So, uh, and uh, it's like a ping pong game uh, with us. And so, uh, but with one aim, we're trying to see if we can't find uh, a liberation message in uh, the passage, because we're convinced that in regardless of what passage of scripture uh, you're reading, uh, by and large, uh, that uh, you can certainly discover some liberation in there. So uh, that's what our aim is today. And so Francisco, would you read the passage? Okay, John 20, uh, 19 through 31. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where, where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, and put my finger in the mark of the nails, and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the, again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Jesus answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of, of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. Nice. Well, thank you, uh, Francisco. Let me, um, I guess I'll... I'll uh, get this started. And um, again, I think a little context that we were just talking beforehand. Uh, you know, I never used to like John. 
uh, John's gospel before I went to seminary and, and was really converted uh, into a new interpretation once I just basically got some kind of the socio-political you know, context of John's gospel. And that it made it really meaningful for me and, and it kind of uh, flipped things upside down, like on how you're hearing things. And I, so I think it's important just to remind people that uh, John's gospel is written uh, at a time when kind of post-destruction of the temple, when Judaism is trying to uh, redefine itself, given the ruins of the temple and their sacred city and stuff. And and um, and rabbinic Judaism is doing it and kind of taking one path and and um, and then, you know, but there's this element of uh, Christian, you know, Jesus following Jews that are taking a little bit of a different tack and they're not really getting a warm welcome uh, for uh, for that. And it and, and I'm not just making that up. I mean, it comes out in the actual text of you can you can see not just getting kind of persecuted from the state, but also from these, you know, the establishment religion, uh, which I'm sure all different kind of, you know, those who are not in power were receiving similar uh, treatment. But so there's that context, right? This is a, oftentimes John is writing in a family context of Judaism. And, 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 and then it's just important to remind us that when John writes, they're the extreme minority, right? They're the extreme minority. They're the ones who are being ostracized. They're the ones who are being misunderstood and being kind of dismissed, and, and if not oppressed. And, um, and so you have to be careful then when you know, becomes the Constantine steps in and waves his magic wand and makes it the, you know, the worldwide empire religion, you can't read it the same way you used to read it. And unfortunately, that's what Christianity has done to great, great detriment, right, to particularly to Jewish, our uh, Jewish brethren and sistren. So, um, so I just, I just put that out there. Uh, so put on your thinking, you know, sociopolitical caps on, right? It's important. And, um, so the thing that jumps out, well, first of all, uh, Thomas is a twin. I'm a twin. You know that, Francisco. And uh, so I, I just automatically kind of gravitate uh, to Thomas in that respect. And then I also kind of like Thomas because, like many of us, perhaps those of us who are out there in the streets getting arrested from time to time, are assigned kind of uh, like names or titles or kind of, you know, of who we are, right? Mm -hmm. uh, people think that they're summing up our actions. And Thomas gets his actions summed up here by becoming known, unfortunately, as Doubting Thomas. When it doesn't say anything in there, it doesn't call him Doubting Thomas, right? He is simply questioning, right? He's simply curious. And he simply is expressing something that we all have, right, yeah. within us. He wants, an, he wants that intimacy, right? He wants, he's still traumatized, like all the disciples, he's coming off the, the crucifixion, the passion leading up to that, all he knows is uh, the death of his friend and teacher. And uh, he wants more than anything else, as we can see how it kind of, you know, concludes. He, you know, uh, but um, he wants simply to have that kind of intimate confirmation uh, that uh, the movement has not died, that God was in it, in the mix all along, that God's big yes, what we call the resurrection, uh, is basically just an affirmation of how Jesus lived and loved and died. And so, um, uh, you know, I'm with Thomas here. I'm, I'm feeling him. And, uh, and I'll say, I, I know I said I was going to open quickly. 
uh, Francisco, but you know that never happens. <laughs> that's not possible. Yeah, that's not possible. The, the, <laughs> the other thing I'll say is just I'm so I'm so drawn by how Jesus invites us those because so John is writing this gospel to his community who all Thomas represents all of them. They didn't get to have that intimate experience. It's too far out, right? And it's too many years have gone by. Maybe there's a few in the crowd. Maybe there's some grandpas and grandmas that were, you know, telling old stories where they saw firsthand. But, um, but so he, so Thomas represents the Johann, Johannine community. They long for that intimacy. And, and actually this passage, Jesus gives them a way to have that intimacy, even if they don't see Jesus firsthand, right? Even if they're not lucky enough to be like Thomas, right? Um, in like in being in a room where Jesus comes, but there is this invitation to touch the wounds of Jesus, to touch mm -hmm. the scars of Jesus, um, and to become intimate with those wounds and scars. And um, if you read that sociopolitically, and you think about, um, you know, uh, when we think of the wounds and scars of Jesus, is just the you know the suffering of those who are repressed, oppressed, those who. Um, you know, the poor, the hungry, the, the widow, the, you know, those who uh, Jesus uh, gravitated to, right, and got in trouble for hanging around with, if we can get close to them and touch their experience, right, if we can kind of really connect with their experience, the invitation is that we will then have this intimate experience of Jesus as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm glad that you mentioned the, the issue of intimacy, because I think that that is one of the key lessons of of this encounter um that thomas has it's about it's about um being in relationship right and so the the good news of jesus at this moment you know is his resurrection right we're, we're in this moment um is to be what it means is to be in relationship right and and to be concretely connected um with 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 the resurrection, with the resurrected Christ, right? And so um, the belief or the disbelief, if we go back to that part of the passage, it's not that he didn't believe Jesus, right? It's in response to the other disciples, right? Right. Um, it's, it's, he's in disbelief that, that they have seen him. Um, and, you know, think about it. How, we're all in this experience where, you know, some, some incredible event happens, right? Um, think about like your, your, your the most amazing show um, of your favorite band, you know, and all your friends go and you miss out, right? And they're like, oh, you just had to be here, you know? And then they did this song, right? And you're like, dang it. Like, I don't feel, I don't, you don't feel the same level of like excitement, energy connection, faith in, 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 in the story as if you were there, right? And so it's, it's, it's it, I think it's, the story expresses human nature. Um, the yeah. longing for connection, the longing to be, like you said, to be close. And it's a very tangible, concrete, just like Jesus, right? This is an incarnational story, lifting it up again about Jesus, you know, in the flesh. Um, you know, again, that's, that's really the, the greatest way that, that we experience God is to know of this Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so I think there is a, there is a strong testimony there of the incarnational God. Uh, and um, even as, you know, you know, we know the longer story, right? We know that, the, you know, this is gonna lead to the, re to, from resurrection to ascension. At this moment, they don't know that, you know? Right. They right. don't know that. 
but they, they need to continue to experience this God that entered into the world, this expression of God that entered into the world in, in an act of solidarity and love. Yep. Your, uh, your example of the band, you know, like uh, firsthand seeing, you know, uh, listening to a song or something and you know it's different than as, as if you didn't go to the concert I happened to go to the bathroom during that song or something and missed it I it made immediately made me think of Peter Gabriel his shock the monkey tour and I uh and I remember he was saying he sang uh lay your hands on me and he just without missing a beat he's just singing with a wireless mic'd up and everything and he just steps out onto the the first, the backs of the the front row seat. And he just walks up the whole kind of, you know, theater, it's a giant theater that we were in or something, but he just walked up the backs of the seats and the image with all these hands kind of holding them as he walked up, you know, it was a beautiful image that I really can't convey to anybody. Right. Uh, the same way, uh, unless you were there. If you were there, it was a spiritual experience. I always... Right tell people if it wasn't, if I'm not following Jesus, it would have been Peter Gabriel. And that would have been, you know, so uh, that, I, I totally loved your, um, your example there. You um, feel like you're missing out, right? And so it's like, of course, I, I'm t I want to be part of the action. What, yeah. that, what, 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 am, what am I, chopped liver? That's right. That's right. And, I, and, I, and, so, and so that, you know, so there is this present tense opportunity, right, on how to do that. And it really kind of makes us um, we can take, we can kind of add almost, this is going to not sound right, but, you know, kind of add a selfish dimension to our own kind of uh, faith in ministry in the sense, like, I want to involve myself in this particular kind of ministry, which will be uncomfortable, which will, you know, or whatever, because I want to, I want to experience Jesus, right? Uh, more uh, the way that I hear Jesus can be experienced. Um and so that could be an invitation, you know, into deeper ministry uh, rather than just, you know, being it's, it's not necessarily all about altruism. Right. It's about our own personal kind of connection too. Um, and yeah. What's the liberating message of resurrection today? And I think that that's think about it. If, if Thomas is missed out seeing Jesus right in the flesh when he first came. Right. Think about how removed we are from this 2000 years later, you know? Right, right. And so this is, I think, why, again, if we, if we try to find the liberating power and message of, of this gospel, we, we're like Thomas and we have to find a way that this is good news for us today, you know? Yeah. And, and I think it does happen through um, a, a concrete living out of the faith, of, yeah. of, of being proximate um, uh, proximate to injustice and suffering, both our own and the, and the, 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 the suffering that is around us, and then being collectively part of, of solutions and ways to, to transform those places into right. places of love, compassion, and justice, you know? And there's the expression, there's new life, right? There's living out this resurrection, you know, with this, with this Jesus. Yeah. I think I'm going to shift just a tiny bit um, gears in this, just, you know, kind of highlighting some other things happening here, which feels so timely, given where we're at with, uh, you know, COVID and, and um, where, you know, it's, there's this mix of um, 
there's this mix of, of hope and fear still, right? Um, that's either coming out in the news or, or how, you know, thinking about opening up our communities and economies and all that. And, and it's not one-sided. It's not all completely like we're still hunkered down and fearful and, and no hope. Um, it, and, or nor is it like Pollyannish, right? And because uh, as we talked about earlier, you know, we still have loved ones that are getting sick and we still have it's still dangerous, even with the vaccine. And um, so, and, and just coming off the trauma of the last 14 months and not just around COVID, but everything contained within this time period seems so, that's still happening, right? With the George Floyd trial and stuff like that. And, um, but the things that stand out for me is that same feeling. It feels like the feeling in this passage of this mix of fear and hope uh, that the disciples are experiencing, that's, what I'm experiencing, I think that's what a lot of people are experiencing, and this desire for, um, and then these two other things that are in here about breath, right? This this is John's uh, Pentecost moment, right? This is the Pentecost in John's Gospel, and um, where um, there is this kind of a breathe, you know, where Jesus uh, he breathes on them. Is that in this passage? I don't even know. It says receive the Holy Spirit. Yeah, he breathed on. Thank you. I thought I was going crazy for a second. Yeah, so he says, uh, you know, when as the Father sent me, so I send you. And then he breathed on them, right? And mm -hmm. so that's it. And, you know, Luke has a much different take in Acts, as we know. But that's it for John's gospel. And, and just the whole thing about breath, right? And just, you know, with the George Floyd trial going on, with that being one of the main like symptoms, like the highlighted kind of anxiety symptoms in the COVID, in the pandemic, right, is, mm -hmm. is about breathing issues and stuff like that. There's just something that just connects, right? Like Jesus is bringing this kind of, this antidote to anxiety, right? It's mm -hmm. peace. And, mm -hmm. and he's also bringing this, uh, he's bringing breath where we can, you know, which is mm -hmm. essential for life, right? He's bringing the essence of life and and giving it to us you know like mm -hmm. just very gently in this passage um but it just feels so timely and comforting um and you know not quite as empowering as acts right because you know that feels so like a lot going on it feels loud right and uh but this is such a more a gentle kind of mm -hmm. empowerment uh that's happening here and there's something again it's about intimacy and it's about closeness and and uh and, and when jesus not just breathing his breath but his spirit right is mm -hmm. is uh the essence of who he is into us which is um which is just comforting i guess during this time is what i want to say well and it's it's comforting and it's it's literally life-giving so that's yeah. that's actually an uh, that's an act of it's a resurrection act right there that's an act of new life right, right. because they because they were afraid they were steeped in fear and maybe all of them were in disbelief before they had seen him again right right um so you know it kind of helps us understand for whatever reason you know um we can get into all kinds of different conversations about why you know the gospel of john you know you know has these references like the fear of the jews right and right. we've talked about the anti-semitic um you know reception of that over historically that we need to you know actively counteract um you know 
but understanding this, you know, you addressed it in the socio-political context about what, what may have been happening with, internally within the communities in the various Jewish communities, right? To give it some more understanding, but they had fear nonetheless, right? They, right. They, we, we know, you know, they had seen Jesus crucified by, by the empire. And so there was fear of persecution, like you said, of what would happen to them. Right. And, um, and Jesus comes in and kind of like his very presence dissipates that, right? What does he say? Peace be with you, right? Mm -hmm. And that comes up twice in the passage, right? Um, and then as you say, the, the breath and, and re the receiving of the Holy Spirit. So I think it's a resurrection act and that's the act of, of, of moving them back towards freedom. You know, that's the liberating act right there. And it comes back to, you know, the, the Hebrew um, un a Bible understanding of ruach, right? Yeah. Of the breath is literally life. It is life giving. It is life sustaining. It is connected with creation, right? It is connected with the act of creation and the act of, of, of regeneration, you know? So I think there's a lot to that. Yeah. And it's, re I mean, if you think about it, that's really um, a lot of the, you know, with all the, just the inequities in our communities and the, and the, and the, the racial struggles and the injustices that, you know, just are, everywhere and um that you could sum up if we were being faithful in terms of trying to address issues the way jesus would take on these issues it is kind of breathing that life into uh situations that are broken or or death dealing or you know or uh inequitable or unjust or you know it's trying to breathe um equity it's trying to breathe uh, newness it's trying to breathe justice it's trying to breathe peace uh and um and hopefulness right um our ministry could be summed up just by breathing trying to breathe these things into our own lives our own communities and different situations that are you know happening so i i have a you know it when i when i see him i did i just said it was an intimate moment like snapshot there but there is this very powerful you know uh thing that he's doing here and uh in 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 that he is he's basically empowering them the way he it's said here to forgive the sins of any they're forgiven retained you know they're retained but it's basically you know again if you're just thinking personal sins, I think you're going to not understand where I'm coming from. But if you're thinking of like societal sins and if you're thinking of, you know, the, 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 the social sins, right, of like racism and white supremacy and, you know, all that kind of stuff that we have been empowered through this, breathe, this breathing, right, that Jesus did and does, we are empowered to help reconcile that, right, to help be agents of, uh, bringing wholeness to that. Um, and um, so it's, again, at the same time, intimate, but powerful, you know? Yeah. Giant. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, one of, I, I know I've mentioned him in past, uh, past recordings, but he's one of my favorite um, liberation theolo theologians from Latin America, and that's John Sobrino, mm -hmm. um, you know, and he's, He's 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 said that the the most grave sin you know that exists is this is the sin of injustice, mm -hmm. and and that's sort of you know this that idea that you were talking about there, um, and, and and following Jesus is about 
bringing in that that rain a different kind of rain you know where where these things are dismantled and something new is created that there's the new life so i mean i think about where 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 do we look today right for this um for these for these places of new life and resurrection and i think as as people in the church sometimes we 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 think that it exists uh within the church you know what i mean like right um and oftentimes if, if we think that that's the only place where new life can happen where resurrection can take place we're missing so much right and and looking to you know people's movements what everyday people are doing who are struggling for for uh you know a better life or a new way um that's for me i think that that's that's a sign of new life and the church needs to be present and deeply embedded in, in these struggles you know so i'm thinking about just this week um in new york you know there was a there was a hunger strike for 23 days of excluded workers um, you know mostly undocumented immigrant workers that um, you know, had not been included in any of the sort of economic, you know, relief related to COVID. And, you know, they went on this hunger strike and were, were fiercely committed to this thing. And they just re recently, you know, after 23 days, they won this victory where they, they secured um, $2.1 billion in assistance to establish a, ex an excluded workers fund, you know, to help the, the, the essential workers that are doing the work, like, you know, some of us have the, the, the privilege of, of doing most of our work these days from home, you know, right. and that's not everyone's reality. Right. Um, and they were out there and um, they had this victory. So that's new life. Yeah. And you said something, you know, this is my, I'm going to jump on my soapbox uh, where, um, you know, that, uh, the liberation message really is often easier found outside our churches, right? The, and um, which is not a diss on our churches because that's not what our churches are meant. That's not what Jesus had in mind, right? Uh, we were to go out. He's constantly sending us out. Um, the church is a vehicle. It's not that's like, right. yeah. it's not the, 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 the final event. That's right. And, and I, the pandemic has really, it, you know, there's been so many sucky things about the pandemic, but if, you know, I've, I've kind of feel, you know, you've heard me say that one of the, the, um, the blessings that's been somehow, in, you know, inexplicably that has come from this is it's forced us out of our churches. It's forced us into a broader perspective, even in, in little ways, even if it's like, you know, you're on a Zoom call with your church and other people can join or other people can Zoom bomb or whatever, but it's forced us out of those little cocoons to a certain extent, and in, for some, even in greater ways, where where they where the the church place has taken up less space in their lives during the pandemic, and they've spent more emotional space in like with the Black Lives Matter and with the you know the different uh, things that have been happening in a larger scale, right? The Trump circus and all that, you know, all the um, all that kind of stuff. So. Uh, where and they've been trying to apply their faith, you know, in those bigger uh, arenas. And I think that has been a blessing for a lot of us that I would hate for us to rush back and just like forget that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we someone has pushed us out the damn church, you know, door so we can pay attention to what Jesus is doing. Right. And and to just go back and turn our backs on what Jesus is doing out in the community is just a big 
just a bummer. And I hope people don't do that. But I do see some people, I and I get the, you know, I, I, I get it. People want to get back to whatever normal means. But um, it's just, it's it would be too bad if we didn't uh, honor this time, so. That's another lesson of this passage is, you know, the disciples were, were locked behind these closed doors and they were afraid. So if we stay locked within the doors of our church, we're going to live in this sort of like insular, fearful right. place. And Jesus helps break open the doors, right? Yeah. And the, this would be the end of the story right here. And that, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's beautiful. Jesus breathes on them and then they live behind those closed doors the rest of their lives. And yeah, they were, they were great. <laughs> good times. Yeah, good times. Good times. <laughs> All right. All right, Francisco. Well, I think we kept it under two hours, so we're getting better. And um, but hoping that the folks out there uh, might uh, catch something that they can uh, from our conversation that they might use for their own sermons or their own kind of uh, preaching out in the streets or table conversations uh, with your family and friends. And uh, so thank you for joining us today. And uh, we'll try to be here every week. So just uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, share with your friends and uh, let people know what we're trying to do. And uh, we'd love for you to come along. And uh, please always make a comment. Let us know what you think in the uh, comment section of Facebook or Instagram. And, and uh, it really lets us know, although it's plenty for us just to talk to each other. Uh, it's <laughs> nice to know that there's some other folks out there too appreciating what we're doing so yeah even if you want to fight with us that's fine that's please that's that's yeah. the, even the best so uh <laughs> so yeah so but uh until next week i hope everyone stays healthy go get your vaccine uh and let's kick this uh covid's butt and um until then peace peace